and welcome to our service as one at ten. I'm standing here in glorious sunshine on a summer's day and it's easy to praise the Lord. But the psalmist said in, in Psalm 118, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I will rejoice and be glad whatever God chooses to give me. It's not about me, it's about him. This morning, Fran will be talking to us about the values of humility and boldness, which may at first seem to be polar opposites, but both spring from a right view of who we are and who God is. And both are essential, boldness and humility, if we want to live effective lives for God in today's world. So let's listen with open hearts and open minds, asking the Holy Spirit to speak to us and empower us to live for God boldly, not because of anything that we are of ourselves, but because of who God is. Let's start in prayer. Heavenly Father, we pray that you will open our eyes to see you in all your power, glory and goodness. We seek to worship you as you deserve and to serve you as you deserve. May we see ourselves with humility, knowing that all we have is from you, and boldness, knowing that you are all we need. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Today's reading is Philippians 2, verses 5 to 8. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. The reading is taken from Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 to 9. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. 
Good morning, everyone. As we continue to look at our values this term, we come to two this week that might seem a bit incompatible, humility and boldness. From a worldly point of view, many would consider humility to be a characteristic to be admired, but not necessarily a characteristic to be of any use if you want to get on in life or be an achiever. Yes, it's good to care for others, but if you want to be a success in business or make money or manage a big team, humility can be one of those least promoted values. Boldness, on the other hand, is often associated with making it to the top. Think for a minute about The Apprentice. Boldness is one of those things that most of the competitors have a great deal of as they assert their rights, exaggerate their CVs, trample over each other to be a success in the boardroom and put others down for their own benefit. Both these limited views of boldness and humility are somewhat stereotypical and I know they're kind of like extreme examples just to highlight their differences. They may seem to be opposed but they can but can they both be biblical values that St Swithins could promote? Let's begin by considering the biblical view of humility. Rick Warren, an American pastor, said this. Humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. A biblical, of hu- a biblical view of humility is one that focuses not on self, but on self-sacrifice. And Jesus is the ultimate example of this. His selfless concern for others led him to death. His life and death were marked out by humility in every way. These beautiful verses in Philippians 2 offer us some wonderful insights into this humility and sacrifice. Jesus firstly sacrificed his glory. Verse 6 affirms that Jesus is fully God. All the qualities that make God God are in Jesus and therefore all the status and privilege that follow belong to him. He's the Lord, the creator of all things, one with the Father, the supreme ruler and sustainer of life. He was there at the beginning of time with his father in all majesty. And yet he doesn't consider the status that he has something to be used for his own advantage, asserting his rights in a demanding way. Instead, he humbly gives up his high position and his status to make himself nothing, a servant for the sake of humankind. Secondly, Jesus sacrifices his personhood. In making himself nothing, Jesus takes on flesh. He becomes the humblest of men and lives amongst the people that he made without sin and yet like us in every way. He's born in poverty, he's raised in obscurity and lives as we live, facing the daily pains of everyday life, the highs and lows of family life. He faces temptations as we do and he understands and experiences the pains and sorrows of human existence. There's nothing that we've experienced that Jesus has not experienced before us. And Jesus sacrifices his life. In humility, Jesus becomes a servant of all, giving up everything for us and becoming obedient even to death on the cross. There's no greater sacrifice. There's no humility more profound than the king of the universe being willing and obedient to die a brutal and undeserving criminal's death in place of sinful people taking the punishment that we deserve. Imagine for a moment that the doorbell rings and you open it and there standing before you is the Queen 
and she's dressed in overalls with a mop in one hand and a bucket in the other. And she tells you that she's come to clean your house. That is completely nuts. It's bonkers to imagine that ever happening. But even more so, that the Lord Jesus should set aside all his majesty and all his glory in order to come and to serve human people, to serve us. Jesus, you see, was all about other people and never about himself. He gave up his rights and his power for us. And Paul writes that the Philippian church are to have this same mindset as Jesus, to serve others like he does. It's true for us too, true that we're to follow the example of our saviour and sacrifice who we are, our rights and our desires and put other people first, even when it hurts, even when it makes us feel foolish. That might mean with our time, with our money or with our energy. It might mean going out of our way. It might mean serving in an area of church life that doesn't really feel natural to us. But being a Christian, living the Christian life is not about us. It's about serving other people. And that's deeply humbling and very challenging. So what about boldness? Boldness in the world's terms tends to be about asserting ourselves and my rights and my power. But in the Bible's terms, boldness is about relying on the promises of God and obeying him because we trust him. That's what gives Joshua boldness in our second passage. One writer wrote that boldness is acting by the power of the Holy Spirit on an urgent conviction. If this is the case, then it's possible for all Christians to be bold for God, convinced of what he wants and doing and acting on it. Take Joshua. God called him to boldness, to be courageous and to lead Israel into a dangerous land. Joshua didn't brag about it or push himself forward as God's leader. He didn't assert his power. Instead, in humility, he was obedient and stepped out into the unknown because God told him to. You see, his boldness came from trusting God's promises. Joshua was bold because he knew the one who was calling him. He trusted that God would give Israel the land that he promised to Abraham all those years ago. He trusted that God would be with him as he was with Moses. He trusted that he would not be left alone and he would be given all that he needed to lead the people. He trusted that the Lord would be with him wherever he went. Trusting God was what made Joshua bold. And it's what convinced him to act and be obedient. And the same is true for us. He also, though, knew that boldness came from obedience. God knew Joshua must obey his word if things were going to go well. He knew he needed to take it seriously, not veer from it, but meditate on it daily. Not so it wasn't just in his head, but that he might be familiar with God and with his ways, with his promises and his character and trust him. You see, success for Joshua was not guaranteed, but obedience to God and taking seriously his word, that's what would bring about success. And God urged Joshua to have courage and to trust him. Joshua's boldness came from trusting and obeying the one who'd called him, and that is humility in itself. He knew it wasn't by his own ability and his strength that he could lead the people into Canaan. When the church family stepped out years ago and trusted that God would all would provide all that was needed to reorder this church building, that was boldness for God. 
And when again in the future we have challenges to face and we need to step out together and face them as a church, whatever they are, that again will be boldness for God. When we trust God's promises, we're not only practising humility, but also boldness. And as we trust, we come humbly to God, knowing that there's nothing we can do to be saved and that Christ has done everything. And as we live a life following Christ and obeying his word, then we're stepping out in boldness for him, demonstrating courage and strength through the work of the spirit in us. So, yes, humility and boldness are compatible for us at St Swithin's. And they're really important as we seek to display God's splendour in Walcott. The question is, are we a people who trust? Do we trust our God? Do we trust his promises fulfilled in Christ? If we trust him with our lives fully, then we're going to come before him daily in humility, grateful and willing to do as he calls and bold for him in ways we can never imagine as we obey his word and stand up for him, loving others before ourselves. As I finish, let me read a share a quote from a Christian writer with you. Courage without humility leads to martyrdom. Humility without courage leads to spinelessness. But together, courage and humility can shake the very foundations of hell advancing the kingdom of God into the most unlikely of places. Let's pray together. Father God, may we be a people of humility and courage, with the loving, sacrificial mindset of Christ, putting others first and boldly taking his good news into our parish, into Bath and wherever God calls. We pray that we might come before you, daily trusting that it's by your grace that we've been saved. Give us a love for others that goes beyond what we're naturally capable of and makes us bold as we seek to stand for you in our homes, in our neighbourhoods and in our workplaces. We ask that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would help us and remind us of your constant presence with us. Amen.